Hello mech fans and welcome to the Valhalla Club. Grab a fusionaire and join us as we talk Battletech and the latest happenings around the Colorado Battletech community. Alright everybody, welcome to the Valhalla Club podcast for episode 5, 2022 Pass and Review. So today on the podcast we have Mike, John... Ben and Matt, as well as myself. And uh, we have a guest tonight, and that is Charles Gideon from Wolfnet Radio, one of our fellow Coloradians. And we're going to have some time to chat with him throughout today's episode. So welcome and thank you for listening. Nice place you guys got here. I mean, drinks are a little expensive, but the bartender's nice. <laughs> have you met Ben? <laughs> Don't make eye contact with him. Don't make eye contact. He'll turn you into a Fed Center. All right. To start off today's episode, we are we've made a couple of changes to the regular format and changed the titles of some of the segments. So uh, we'll jump right into our first segment, which is was formerly the Hobby Progress and is now the Pile of Shame. So to start us off with our Pile of Shame reports, we will go to uh, Mike. Why do you always start with me? Um, <laughs> Uh, pile of shame progress for the month of December zero because it's the holiday season <laughs> and I've had no time for anything. Uh, snowboarding was more important this month. So pile of shame carries on my wayward son. Ben. Uh, I just been working on uh, finishing up my LVO list. I've got about 90% of it complete. I was gluing things frantically before I caught a flight out to Virginia last week so now i'm waiting for for myself to get back to colorado on my mini so i can finish them up john yeah funnily enough i'm also in virginia uh for different reasons uh well different family i guess mm. but uh before i left i got a lot of work done actually um what did i do i finished up some fedcom stuff that i guess is going to be more davian than Liren. Uh, and some Draconis Combine mechs. I got base coated, and then I started doing like model cleanup and like the first steps of basing for my second line clan stuff. So like a Marauder two and a Warhammer two. I don't know. There's like a whole binary of them that I just had to clean up. So pretty good progress. Cool. We call those lances and companies in the Fed songs, John. Get that, get that in your vocabulary. <laughs> Sorry, yes. Reduce stars and reduce binaries. <laughs> or reduce trinaries, my bad, yeah. Matt? Uh, just, yeah, I've still been working on my LVO list as far as kind of getting into that pile of shame. But the problem is I keep uh, changing my list, so then I'll just order new things. And so, but, but my pile of shame doesn't grow. Just pile of purple painted mechs continues to grow. Um, and then I've also started, uh, some work on some more Comstar mechs. Cause I think that's what I'm going to run for the, the, battle, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the Battletech <laughs> championship circuit there, there in Las Vegas. So I think the, that'll be what I'll pe take is the purple people eaters and some, some Comstar whites fight me. Charles, what have you been doing this month? Um, I've actually been the, uh, prize that I got from the first remember or battle for the sphere. 
um, for my clan sportsmanship. I'm actually painting that up as a gift for someone who will be in at attendance at LVO. So um, trying to not screw that up, you know, when I'm painting for somebody else, like I get real, real over the top and like how picky I am over my own, my own stuff. So that's what I'm working on. And for me, uh, I have actually finished painting my LVO list. I haven't made any more changes to it. The 15th iteration of the FU Dave list is, is complete and ready to go. Uh, I did pick up an Alpha Strike box and started looking at that and like three more force packs that are now adding to my pile of shame. Uh, so beyond that, that's about the most that I've gotten done. Well, everybody bought um, the Alpha Strike box, right? So, I mean, that's kind of adding to the pile of shame. That's yes, a, it did. <laughs> that's a report. <laughs> just I, like I, I did don't... not. I, did I was not. just trying to see if I like at least came out even where I painted enough. I, if I painted, you know, thirteen units or whatever, and then I came out even. I think I did, so I'm still even. Yes. Yeah, I've got it, but I'm not allowed to open it until Sunday. So you know. I'm I'm doing some self-discipline and not buying any more Mac until I can at least work through half of my primed minis. <laughs> well, my problem was that I bought a bunch of force packs for my LVO list, and then I changed my LVO list. So now I don't need any of them. So they're just sitting there. Paint them up as op four. Uh, yeah, I've already got two different op four forces that are painted that are like a company each. So I don't know what I'm going to do with them. We'll figure it out. Sounds like you're about to have painted minis for each faction. Uh, no, I will never paint Comstar. <laughs> Are we doing games played now? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll roll into that since I asked the question. I've, I've just been having a fun time participating in the MRC Twilight Heat event uh, on Mega Mech. That's been really fun. So we just finished our third week of that. We You play a, a match each week. Um and I, I think I'm two in one ish. So, but it's been pretty fun to jump back on the Mega Mech and play play some more classic, especially with a whole bunch of guys I don't know. So, uh, it's been great though. Had my last match with uh, Derek over on uh, on the armor, and it was not good times for him because he lost initiative all but one round, and it it didn't really go his way. But uh, it's been really fun to play Mega Mech again. So that's what I've done this this month basically. Anybody else get some games in besides the uh, Alpha Strike tournament on the tenth? No. <laughs> well, I mean that was only a couple of days ago for us since we're recording a little early before the holidays. Um, I guess this takes on to the. I guess we jumped into it a little early. The uh, return and report section, which is games play, but in this case, uh, we'll do a quick touch base on the Wolfnet AS350 tournament, the Golden Irby from December 10th. We uh, went over it a little bit in the mid-month episode. We already gave our thoughts, so now it's now it's uh, Dave and Charles. They get to give their thoughts uh, about what they saw and what they liked and how everyone disliked Dave's. Yeah, screw you, Dave. Well, then I will let Charles as our guest go first. Oh, yeah, no, I, I had a great time up until that last guy. Um... Uh, playing him wasn't any fun. Um, Why, whoever do you mean, Charles? <laughs> <laughs> no, I played. I played Dave last, and um, his dice were hot, and mine were cold, and he had uh, he had a good 
a good move and um there's just no coming back from one turn Dude, of that my dice so. were ridiculous yeah yeah no it was um it, it was just it was what it was um but uh uh no i had a lot of fun um i got to play mike yet again um i always play mike which i'm totally fine with mike's a great opponent if anybody out there ever has to you know play some play some uh, alpha strike play against mike um that was fun he uh he brought a fenris j so i got to uh feel what that was like to be on the other side of the table with that um, the exterminator and- yeah, and it's not fun. It, it it isn't fun. Like I I I did that to people, and then he did that to me, and I was like, mm, that's uh that's pretty me. <laughs> that was pretty rude. <laughs> why, why, why did I? Why, I was doing that to people. Oh, I'm a bad person. Um, and yours was skill too. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I was. I mean, so thank you for pointing out, Mike, that I'm still worse than you. <laughs> Shame. Yeah, but neither of you are as bad as I am. So. Oh man. But, um, yeah, no, I, um, there was a whole lot of, um, I I would say what, like half the people were testing LVO lists and the other half, um, were not going to LVO. So we're just, so they were sad. Yeah, they they were sad. (laughs) Um, but based on what I saw of people, people's LVO lists, I'm very excited for LVO just because of the uh, diversity of lists that I saw. So I'm imagining there's going to be a lot of diversity at the event. Like this is the first time that there's going to be not, um, uh, how do I say this? Like generally it's either been the wolf net crew being the core of like the group or like an addition to a, a certain region, whether that region is like Indiana or Florida or, um, like the, the twin cities, you know, um, but this is going to be the first time where it's like just across the board wide open, like all of these different groups are getting together and actually playing each other just, you know, straight up for the first time. So it'll be really interesting uh, to see what comes of that. Cause I, I know everybody, like every region kind of gets their own meta going. Um, and I think it's going to be really fun to see what everybody shows up to shows up to LVO with. That's one of the things I like about our region is that we don't so far, we don't have a, like a meta that everybody plays. And I think that's because we came into the game a little late and we started playing, you know, AS the Wolfnet rules last year. And we've seen an evolution in the way that people have played. They have gone from kind of your primary mech mech only lists to uh, a couple people really like indirect fire, uh, we've seen a couple C3 lists. We've seen uh, some of the fast uh, jump strong lists, which have kind of gone. We didn't, I think there were only a few people that brought jump strong mechs to the 10th event because of the, the points change. And just overall, it was a really good mix of things. I also do feel, I've, I kind of echo your, your sentiment, Charles, of I feel bad for some of the folks that came to the, the 10th event because a few of us did have really competition-oriented lists. And to fight against something that has been optimized as much as you possibly can and then continually refining it it's it can be tough it can be tough to play against a list like that 
And I know you, Ben, you and Ben both faced me and uh, I was at the end of the day, I was the one that went undefeated at the tournament and it was, it was a great testing ground for, for loss for the accomplice. But at the same time, I, I did feel bad for some of the, uh, some of the folks that didn't, that were, that were brand new that came to this as their first time. Cause they saw some really kind of ridiculous, just tough to beat lists. Sorry, Luke. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, shout out I'm, to Luke for being yeah. such a good sport during yeah. the day because it was his yeah. first time playing, and it it was. Oh wait, was it was it Luke's first time? I think it was his wo- first Wolfnet, first uh, Wolfnet tournament. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't his first time playing. It was his f- first Wolfnet tournament, and uh, yeah, he he was a great sport in all of his games. Yeah, I know, and I uh, like I I played uh, uh, Chuck in uh, the the second match or the other Charles and. Um, and, and like, he was there, like, um, he, he was trying to put his list together right before because like he was new to the, to, I think alpha strike, but he was, he was like a classic new. player, but he's like a classic player. So, so like he understood it was an easy adjustment, but the, like the idea of the scenarios and all of that was new to him. And I played him mm-hmm. second round and I was just like, the, 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 I'm sorry, bro. Cause like you're, you're, you're playing like a fun list and I'm. And I'm, I didn't, I, I didn't come for fun. Apparently you didn't bring a fun list. I, I, I'm not a fun person apparently, but, um, yeah, no, I mean, we, he was still a great opponent we had, you know, it was a good game. It was just like, um, a case where it was in like the uh, train placement was new for him. So I think that that is a huge learning curve for a lot of people when it comes to 350. Um, so he, he wasn't uh, he he wasn't experienced enough to understand what I was up to during terrain placement, and then mm-hmm. it was kind of like, yeah, now it's uh, n- not now I've played into all my own strengths, and this isn't going to be great because I've I've buffed all of my stuff now, you know, essentially. Well, that's like what uh, when Ben and I played, uh, I won. I think I won the terrain initiative, and the terrain, the mini game of terrain is, I think underappreciated by a lot of folks and they don't look at it as as important as I think it is personally I think you can win a game based on the terrain before you even start I think it definitely can interact with with uh, your list right so if you have a list that that favors or need almost needs a certain type of terrain for a certain scenario you can definitely favor yourself um, and it is kind of it is a mini game uh i i personally favor preset but i do i i see you know you do have to be careful in your train placement if you want to win an as 350 scenario for sure but uh yeah that was the uh that was the december 10th tournament uh it was coined the golden irby because our trophy was a 3d printed i would say about 10 inch urban mech that i spray painted gold right before i showed up to the tournament to give it to the tournament as the prize and then i took it home even though i tried to give it to charles and he refused it <laughs> nobody wanted it nobody, nobody wanted, wanted it. it but uh one of the fun things is that i am going to reprint the urban mech about three times the size and we are going to make it into a traveling trophy so kind of like stanley cup style where the person who wins the trophy is going to take it for you know the year until we have the next 
you know, December tournament and then bring it back. And each time someone wins, we'll add their name to the trophy base plate. So your name will get emblazoned in the history of Colorado Battletech on the Golden Irby. I dig it. All right. Well, that closes up our uh, return and report. And now we'll take some time to talk uh, specifically with Charles as our guest. Uh, we did get a couple of questions for you, Charles, so that we can, uh, the community can get to know you a little better. Uh, first off, uh, how did you get started or coerced into uh, being a part of WolfNet? Uh, yeah, so um, WolfNet originally kicked off where it was um, uh, Bloodbath and Silent. Uh, well, Bloodbath wanted to do a podcast um, about Battletech, and this was back in 2018. 2018 yeah um back before the kickstarter before the renaissance before <laughs> before any of the wonderful things that have been happening uh in BattleTech were happening and it was kind of a um i my understanding anyway is that it was a we are still here the community still exists if you're out there and you play BattleTech, um keep playing BattleTech. it's a great game it's a great universe to play in um and I grew up with uh, Bloodbath and Silent, so uh, those two kicked it off with uh, the Krolls, um, Minnow and the Coach, and um, so once they got rolling, um, I you know they, they kind of pulled me in as kind of a, a, a side person, an outside perspective, you know, to get uh, input on or whatever. Um, and then I submitted a couple of. Uh, commercials it, so if you go way back to like I, I don't even remember what episode five or six something like that um there's a couple commercials i did one for um well i know one's a commercial for the um oh man what was it on the bushwhacker um and then i did a uh, a reading of the uh, voice of kerensky um and then I, I think one of them was out sick and then they called, you know, they basically messaged me and they're like, Hey, you want to, you want to like get guest on this one? And, uh, ever since then I've been in, but, um, it was, it was mostly bloodbath. So if I ever say anything on WNRP that people don't agree with, just blame it on bloodbath. You're still in that guest status. The, uh, the temporary slash permanent guest status there, Charles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess I don't, I, I think I, um, by adding my uh, history briefs, I think that that kind of solidified me where at least I'm going to be on every episode. <laughs> was that was that something that they asked you to do, or did you like, hey, I've got this, you know, I'm kind of into the lore and would love to do do something like that, or who who kind of came up with the, the history brief idea? That 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 was me. Um, mainly, I think it was kind of the the new guy trying to like prove his chops. Um, I was like, I'm going to do uh you know i'm going to provide a segment that is um uh something you know different or special um for every episode and um i don't know if you guys uh ever saw the youtube series the great war but it was a, a series where they'd go back and go over like what happened that week 100 years ago during world war one um so i i totally just kind of like stole flat out the the, the concept of that and kind of try to bring the same thing to the Battletech universe. So what's your process to, to do it? Do you just type in, like go to Sarna and type in the date and see what pops up or? 
Oh man. Um, generally no. Um, I try not to rely on that. Um, just because, uh, I'll, I'll end up all over the place, but, um, I keep a, a list of things that I, whenever I am doing deep dives on stuff or reading, um, novels or source books or anything, if I come across a, like something that sounds interesting, I throw it on, um, uh, in a document to come back to when I get around to that month. Um, There's a secret Excel sheet. Oh, it's a word doc. It's a word doc. Oh, okay. I am not, I am not a, an Excel master, but, um, and then when I get to the month, I just kind of go back to that document and look and see what sounds the most interesting to me right then and there. Um, which sometimes comes back to bite me because if, if, uh, anybody out there ever tries to research like an event from, uh, the jihad era, um, that is a it's a rabbit hole all of its own because you're you're tracking it across like five or six different books and trying to get all the details and like it's a rumor in one book and then it's a it's an actual like established fact in another but it's different so what what do you report it's so yeah i try to stay away from jihad honestly what's your well, i think most era? of the fandom does sorry would you say matt oh sorry uh so so speaking of which 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 is your favorite era which do you kind of you know enjoy the the fiction the most uh, me personally, um, like I really enjoy the civil war era. Um, but as far as covering for history briefs, I think that the, um, early, the early information is kind of the more fun because there's a lot of like dangling loose ends, um, and then like tie-ins that you can make across different pieces, uh, of, you know, from one source book to another where it's not directly like, uh, stated, but there's a lot of imp implied pieces. So, um, being able to kind of go down those rabbit holes and, um, you know, talking about like, like when we talk about history today, right. Our, our history, um, we say, well, it could have been this, but it also could have been that, you know, it could have been a ritual, uh, uh, item for certain, uh, uh, religious, uh, uh, dates or something like that, you know, but we don't know for sure. And that's when, with the history briefs, I really enjoy is when there's not a whole, you can't say for sure, but when I can kind of get into a little bit of those conspiracy theories a little bit, uh, the, the, that's when I, th those are the ones I really enjoy covering. So I'd say it's safe to say that when you say civil war is your favorite era, that the wolf's dragoons are your favorite faction. Oh no, no. No, no, dirty clanners. No, I, uh, mm. I am a, uh, I, I am a, I am a merc, um, through and through. I spent time jumping. I believe I, at some point was like affiliated myself to every inner sphere faction, except the free worlds league, um, kind of based on what I was reading at the time, uh, or, you know, kind of what, what was have, where things were happening, um, but uh I, I just landed on Merc. That was the 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 one that really uh they're 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 the only honest faction. I, I say this all the time, but they're the only honest ones where they're fighting for money. They're not, you know, they're not fighting for a government that's lying about one thing and doing another and you know, everything. No, they're they're just there for the the paycheck. So I can appreciate that. Davians don't do that. Davians are some of the most duplicitous out there that is uh, those are shameful lies urban is wounded i heard all that i'm just choosing to ignore it 
Just like a good Davian. We don't we don't have an outback. Everybody here can read. It's all fine. Speaking of which, Charles, so tell me, have you gotten through all of the Dark Age novels then as the lore master himself? Oh god, no. No. Um I have hit the like the high points. Um like kind of like in uh like the older books where you had kind of those tentpole like trilogies, um, the warrior trilogy, blood of Krinsky trilogy. Um, and then you get into, uh, civil war and you don't quite have that anymore. Um, and then when you get to dark age, it's just like totally like all over the place. Um, so I have read, um, a lot of the ones that pertain to the, uh, the, the lead up to ill clan. So like masters of war and I I'm, totally blanking on a lot of the titles but the, the ones that uh surround the the primary movers and shakers but there's a lot of dark age books that um i i just couldn't get into because they're 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 a one and done type story um which in civil war and clan invasion i totally got into those you know i read um all like the avanti's angels and all of those books i read all of those um but for dark age i just haven't really had the time to get back around to to some of those. I feel similar about some of the the Dark Age novels. It's just like I, I'd even try to read some of them. I get I'd get through some of them, but some of them it's just kind of like uh it's kind of like a similar thing on a different planet. It's just kind of everything's broken down, and I don't have my continuous kind of. I can see when this will end, and this is moving towards somewhere. It's kind of just like we're in this blood, and, and we're in it. Well, at least now that we're down the road, you can know that it's going to end, and then we get, you know, Republic of the Sphere and Ill Clan. True that, true that. So I guess, Charles, the main thing that a lot of people have been asking about that I've been seeing across the different discords is, where is 350 going after LVO? I know they've been working on uh, the Battlefield support points. There have been... uh, some discussion of alternate ammos being added that are going to be tested. Like where, where do you see the next evolution of Wolfnet going? If you can say, and there's a new casual document. Oh yeah. The new casual (laughs) document that, uh, that Charles wrote. Yeah. Um, no, so we are, um, very, like, very happy with 2.1. Um, th- I mean, there, there's a few, like, little errata things just for clarification around things. Um, but 2.1 like one is... one PV units? No, that's... <laughs> That, that that's not an errata. That's a rule change. Um, an errata, like like uh, like uh, clearing up the dis- um, like scoring in uh, Dominion and uh, Overrun. Um, because sometimes people read the, the, the scoring and they think that it's an accumulative scoring like the other scenarios, but it's not. So just, just stuff like that, where just to make sure people follow, um, some of the, the rules there, um, we are definitely kicking around a lot of different ideas. Um, the, uh, like, yeah, the casual document you mentioned that that's something that I, um, is basically because of the people who like the fans who play it um be, they you know they say well what about you know i got a six by four table i want to use the whole thing what you know how can i play 350 on that um 
and just trying to address some of those, you know, those cases where people are trying to like play the game, but not necessarily in the premier format. Um, they just wanted to use it for their pickup games at home, which is uh, totally cool. Or like, um, uh, Matt was saying about like having pre-placed terrain. Some some TOs want to do 350-ish, you know? They don't necessarily want to run a, a whole kit and caboodle uh, premier level thing um, or it just doesn't work for their wherever they're at or their group. Um, and then just giving people an idea. So that was kind of where that was. I wanted to just get a little feedback there. But um, yeah, alternate ammo, BSPs, um, Edge. We're kicking around a lot of different things because um we want to our kind of our stated goal is always to include as much of the uh, available rules as possible but doing it in a balanced way so that's kind of where the sticking points come in of how does this in how does it how do you integrate any, it without breaking it exactly exactly how do we do how do we keep adding more without undoing all of the other right stuff you know because we we what we don't want to do is have a, uh, and, and I don't play the game, so if I'm wrong, please forgive me, but I, we don't want to get into the 40K syndrome of if you're not playing the the forces that have like the last three books out, you're going to lose because of the power creep that happens with every new iteration and addition. So if you're, if you're like behind the, the curve, then you're you're not you're not going to be competitive. We want to stay away from that where anybody can be competitive and it's not going to be, well, we introduced this new rule. And if you're not like using it to the max, you're going to lose. Like that's not, that's not fun for uh, anybody or good for like casual pickup stuff. So. Well, I'll admit I am, I'm looking forward to trying 350 on a six foot by four foot table. Cause I think that's going to change the tactics a lot. And I think it's going to make, a much more interesting game where you know you're going to have to actually be a little more strategic about how you're putting your units down and what units you're even taking. And I know I think we've had some some decent adaptations of the the 350 format with some events we've at, had out here in Colorado, um, kind of changing up maybe uh, restricted to one era or um, kind of loosening some of the the proxy rules and things like that preset terrain like i we, we mentioned earlier uh charles have you guys seen other kind of iterations or adaptations with different rule sets using the 350 as a base and and that, that have been different than what we've done out here um yeah no there is um lots of different groups that have um used the 350 to to different varying levels um and i think that that the group out here has been um, more diverse in what they're experimenting with, such as like the pre, uh, pre-placed terrain or playing in a certain era. Um, what, one of the things we're looking forward to after LVO is uh, definitely um, uh, Adepticon. So we will be at Adepticon. Um, so there's already tickets tickets aren't on sale but the event is already scheduled and everything like that so if you are in the uh, chicago area come spring um come play 350 um but uh well you know like that's one thing especially like a, a big event like lvo where there's 
it, it became apparent why pre-placed terrain and th those sorts of optional rules might be of interest to people just because at LVO, we are going to be uh, tight. You know, we, we are using every square inch of tabletop space that uh, they gave us um, kind of a, a victim of our own, our own popularity there, I guess. But um, it, so we've just been looking at different ways to be able to incorporate that and, and make the events as smooth as possible for everybody. But um, back to your original question, Matt, man, kind of got <laughs> off on a tangent there. No, but but um, just, just to go along with what you're saying, I, I totally agree. You know, sometimes getting ahead of kind of what needs to be adapted for certain events, it, it sounds like a great, you know, kind of next step. Cause I, I think, you know, you've got the base, a great base. So whatever you guys are thinking of next is of great interest, I think, but continue on, please. Oh yeah, no. Um, I I remember now why I brought up Adepticon. Um, because we are that is going to be be the first uh 350 premiere event where it will be uh fact or era locked. Cool. It is really? A, yeah, it is a civil war event. So oh, that's um, gonna be awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, um, and, and two that that's part of you know like groups like uh, we have out here in Colorado where they're. Uh, experimenting with these things and seeing what works and what doesn't. Um, it, it, it's real valuable. So then we can, uh, we can confidently say, Hey, you know what? Adepticon, we're going to be civil war era. We're going to see how this goes. It, it should go well because we've gotten, you know, this information from different play groups out around the country, well, around the world now, but um, mostly around the country. I think that's going to be great. I think that's a, a great, kind of natural evolution of the system because I mean, even with the, the Fera, the, the, even with the era faction, it's still, it, it still lends toward a bit of metagaming because obviously a lot of the stuff in ill clan is going to just crush anybody who wants to show up with something in the succession war era or even clan invasion inner sphere side, they're just going to get hammered by all the special abilities and just the wider variety of units that folks can take in the later eras. Well, that's actually one of the things that I'm uh, looking to do. Um, and uh, after, after LVO and kind of get into next year, I want to uh, come up with a lost tech uh, list and see how how competitive it'll be um because you mentioned the specials and all of those things so it's kind of a in pv i trust and i want to see how far i can push it um because if everything is like skilled up in order to make up for the uh, pv gap or the the technology gap see if that see if it all comes out even in the wash but i'm very interested to give that a try i i called dibs on that but but we can work together on that one nope i challenge you to a trial of uh position Oh, here we go. <laughs> and another one. No, position, not possession. <laughs> but no, Charles, uh, yeah, you, you talked about a lot of things I was going to ask you about because I remember early on last year, because uh, we met you and got like tied in with you in the local area a little, just a little over a year ago. Um, and uh, we started our events real quick. Uh, in the casual format uh, with with faction era and era was generally always locked the only ones that haven't been was the uh, Colorado Premier Open good old Copo and 
this uh, December 10th event because it was an LVO practice session, essentially. Um, and I remember you saying something along, uh, that you've always been a big fan of faction area restrictions and you've been fighting for it. And that a lot of the data points we were getting, unbeknownst, we had no idea that this was something you were fighting for <laughs> and we were doing it. Um, and you were getting all this free data to, to push to the rest of the crew. And then when I heard or saw the post from, I think it was Andrew saying that the Adepticon event was going to be the first era locked event. I was like, that one's for you, Charles. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I wanted um, that my biggest push was that every list had to at least be from a faction um, and era. Um, I, 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 and that's where to my lost tech dabbling i w i'm curious about just to see if the pv holds up um or if it's or if it breaks down because a lot of people like to like you guys said was will jump immediately to like dark age or ill clan um just because that's like the the, the list building is easier there that's where um, the plasma cannons and the jump strong is <laughs> right um the list building's easier so um or yeah you get the the you you get enough units to kind of build into whatever kind of uh gimmick your list is going to have but um i i i'm just curious because if it comes back that it is completely un untenable to try to win with a uh, lost tech list then um then yeah i think the next you know, logical evolution would be we need to, even if it's not uh, necessarily era locked, but maybe a range of era, you know, like you can do clan and in, clan invasion through civil war or Repu one of the Republic eras through dark age, but we're going to be playing like this period of time um, to, to make it so that way to, to keep the uh, challenge level even for everybody. Similar to how some rule steps or some rule sets have a, uh, you know, the, a max spread of two for skill. So if you if your list has a skill two, the highest you can be or the lowest rather it would be a skill four. So just like a max spread of two, and just convert that over to a max spread of two for era. The yeah. newest rule of two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, there's certain I feel like bottlenecks where you see new technologies come in that really change things. So like Inner Sphere, Late Succession War, and even Clan Invasion really struggles against clanners because they're slower and they can concentrate firepower less effectively. Like they're spending more PV for HP, but they aren't doing enough damage to the clans reliably to kind of feel like a fair match. So, I mean, just kind of at a glance, probably it'd be like Succession Wars would be one era. And then what Mikey said, uh, clan invasion and civil war are pretty much on par with each other because then you start getting inner sphere houses get access to clan mechs starting in the civil war era and then I would probably just have jihad and on be its own era because that's when you get <laughs> some of the crazier you get a lot more access to flak you get jump strong you get improved c3 um, there's more access to heat there's more access to ECM like that's really where it uh, opens up in my opinion yeah no for sure and um and, and i think that uh on what well, i mean every 350 is still a de it's always developing right we're always trying to improve it so i think that adepticon will be a, a really good data point for if that if it turns into where everybody like has more fun 
or all the matches are much closer or you know like we, there's a lot of data we'll be able to mine from from just one one good size big event like that um because uh is lvo going to be wolfnet radios 350 premier level event yes yeah L lvo is our uh first official um working hand in hand with uh catalyst to uh run a run an event so it is a awesome. official Good luck yep official through catalyst uh because they, 32 they, heads 32 uh well we are at uh 29 right now we had a couple people who had to back out um but we sold okay. all 32 tickets but now boy if only somebody from this podcast would actually go with us i'm Mike. trying okay i'm trying no peer pressure there, huh, David? Not at like, all. Uh, no. Unwanted Christmas present. Asked for Mike and got stuck with Caveman instead. Hey, fart in the backseat. John, are you going now too? I'm thinking about it. Yeah, it's a weekend thing. I, I can just right. pop down there and roll some dice and then pop back up. Yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna drive though, because that's that's a commitment. But uh, yeah, so if anybody out there wants to go to the LVO 350 tournament, um reach out to um, the WNRP crew. You can message us on Facebook or send us an email or anything like that. We can get you connected with the uh, folks who have their uh, tickets up for sale. That's, Sweet. That's nice. You, well, I hope that event goes well, because I think that's going to be really a good indicator for the level of interest in Battletech uh, competitive scene nationally. You know what I mean? Absolutely. To, to steal uh, Ben's line, absolutely. <laughs> And and that's it. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Uh, and shit. Well, shit. Well, shit. That's right. <laughs> Don't bother me right now. I'm building my intro uh, list. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do when you're not talking? You're on MUL. Yeah, right. No, but going back to what you were talking about a second ago, Charles, with the... Um, Looking at the data points, you're going to be getting from Adepticon as the first uh, Wolfnet premiere, especially run by you guys, um, event that is airlocked. Looking at those data points, I think your your strength of schedule uh, statistic should be a lot closer because, yeah, you'll get those people that in, in a normal uh, faction unlock or not faction era unlocked event, you're going to get those people that are competitive and the other people that want to be fluffy uh, lore wise. And generally speaking, the individuals that make lists that are fluffy lore-wise are lower in the era uh, calendar, and they they don't do as well against the later eras. So I think it'll be I think it'll be a good data point. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And like I said, I it, like I I remain uh, kind of un unconvinced either way of if the era makes it that much more powerful or if it's just that much easier to build the list you know um so that that's going to be my my thing of if i really pour myself into a lost tech era uh list and really try to tweak and perfect and do everything in my power to make it work if it still doesn't work then then i'll have my i'll have my my proof i guess yeah yeah i i agree with your gut feeling that it, it's easier to build a list but um I'm not sure what the power level is. I know to access the flak is super important. Like it's 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 a bummer in the inner 
early eras, helicopters can be a menace. They don't have as much firepower as they do in later eras, but they're also, you just, like, shoot them, and you don't I think hit. that's the only, <laughs> like, alternate ammo rule change I would like to see for the WolfNet rules would be allowing the AC special to take flak. Maybe even if it, none of the other uh, specialty ammo is allowed, just giving AC folks with the AC special access to flak ammunition, I think would be a big game changer to the later era, the earlier eras. And and like the, uh, the rub of that is the, like one, one of the eras that needs it the most lost tech doesn't have access to it in lore. So it's kind of a, uh, um, that's fair. Where, where do we go with it? Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's no LBX weapons at that point. Right. So no cluster weapons. Well, it, well, the the uh, AC flak, flak is, ammo uh, is just a it's just an alternate round that you can put into a oh, auto that's cannon. Right. So when it, when, it, but, when but does that lost show tech. up? Oh, Renaissance. Okay, it's lost tech. Jesus, dude, they were all those bunch of cavemen in thirty twenty five. Bunga, 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 bunga. How do time well, charges work? Bunga, bunga. <laughs> we we need to save that clip for just anywhere in the podcast. <laughs> Uh, well, I think this is a great uh, point to transition into the main metal and talk about what's uh, what's coming up. Obviously, we had the drop of the Alpha Strike box set. So, what are your guys' thoughts on uh, on what we got in there? And there have been a couple videos of folks that have done the unboxing, Wolfnet in particular. But now that we all have it in hand, what uh, what do you guys think of it? Mine's definitely been opened up and played with, so I've I've really enjoyed it. I, I like the new models and the new poses and everything, the new variants for the, the units, uh, just because I need more of the pile of shame, of course. But uh, having a, a greater variety is always nice. Um, the the fold-out buildings and everything are pretty pretty nice, especially for anyone that you know wants to take this on the road, as it were, and and show off what Alpha Strike can do without having to haul all the terrain that I tend to tend to haul around. So, I really like kind of the it has all of the essentials for an Alpha Strike game, and not only that, but it, but the essentials look good enough that it will still attract people to the Alpha Strike game. So, overall, I'm I'm really pleased with the product. I and the price point. I mean, eighty bucks for all that stuff. I like my kids were like, whoa, $80 for all this. You know, it's nowadays $80 doesn't buy you too much in the grand scheme of things. So I, I really like the price point and the quality. Yeah. I haven't been able to open mine yet. I have it, but, uh, it's, uh, or I, I have it, but it's a, it's a Christmas present, so I can't open it yet. Um, I've seen the photos going around and the reviews. It all looks really good. Uh, in the December 10th event, I used a pouncer that was proxied. Uh, but really enjoyed the pouncer, so I'm glad to have a unit for that. Haven't haven't used uh, a list with a wraith in it yet, but uh, I know there's a lot of hype around that too. So that particular unit, so I'm looking forward to using that in the future as well. Maybe Charles, did you guys have any input on this? Since kind of I, I, you know, I really think that Wolfnet has driven quite a bit of the the interest in Alpha Strike. So did you guys have any direct input on on the development of this box set? Um, no, <laughs> in, in, in a short answer, no. Um, uh, sounds like a no, explicitly said, please do not put a fire moth in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we will. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Um, well, I mean, they, they put the wraith in it. So if I could have given them input, it would have been to put a wraith in it. So yeah. they, 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 they kind of were ahead of the game there. Um, actually, I don't remember what, um, which episode it was, but we had, um, uh, Aaron, uh, K hall on a while, quite a while ago, but he was kind of talking about the, the process of getting this book, this box set kind of set up and moving. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was a, it was interesting. A lot of stuff that we have seen and would have wanted, they also saw and wanted. So it, it was just a good feeling of knowing that uh, Catalyst has been, uh, I, I guess, paying attention to to the Alpha Strike scene, even if you know if they didn't come to us and ask us directly for input. Um, it, it felt like they'd been like uh, kept their finger on the pulse, so to speak. Yeah, did I mean just coming from the the Wolfnet AS350? Do you think they hit everything that you basically need in that box? Was anything missing, or how did you feel about it? Um, the the only the only thing I wish that they would have had would have been um, other terrain. Like I, I love the buildings, the build especially for like game in a box kind of uh, style. Um, I I would like them even if they don't come out with like a totally like standardized set of terrain, I would like to, you know, see some sort of basic terrain that you could uh, put together like hills and, and that sort of thing. Cause I mean, it, you come with, it comes with your uh, uh, trees and buildings. Um, so then you kind of get to play like a urban or suburban game, um, which is great, but I would like to see hills and maybe water, that sort of thing. But um, to, add all of that into the one box would be uh, way too much, but maybe, maybe a future thing. I don't know. That's, I, what, I, that's what I was wondering. Is it like it will, will they kind of step into the maybe kind of more printed terrain type thing where you buy like a, a terrain set? Like this is your secondary alpha strike terrain kit or something like that. That'd be interesting. Yeah, no, that's a, it's on my wish list. I, I'm going to mail that off to, uh, uh, to whom it may concern at catalyst and, you know, just maybe, maybe Santa will answer me. Yeah, dear Santa Claus in, in care of Catalyst Game Labs. So I think for me, the uh, I liked everything that came in it. The only, there were a couple of things that I, that I saw as kind of missed opportunities with it. Uh, one was having a blackjack and a mad cat in it, because I know Mike has said this and I agree with him that uh, we already, we all have way too many mad cats. And I love my and, Timberwolf, but man, I've got so many. Yeah, I think most of us probably have four or five Mad Cats, and the Blackjack just sucks, and Whoa. it's not a good mech. Come on now, come on. You're going to get fighting yeah. words from uh, Rick on that. That's fine. It's not he a good mech. He's always saying it's GM's okayest mech. Yeah, it is the okayest mech, which is synonymous for it sucks. <laughs> so I think it's a great idea, though. I mean, because what Hairbrained Games that one has you starting a blackjack, right? So everyone wants a blackjack, David. Everyone wants a blackjack. Yeah, I don't need four of them. Yeah, you do. Come on now. <laughs> Actually, I think I have three with this one, but two was enough. Uh, I, I just would have liked to have seen a, a different a different mech in there because you get one with the Wolstergoons pack, you get another one with. I forget what it, what the other clan force pack box. is. The clan invasion box, and then you get gets one you with Mad Cat. Yeah, the legendary pack gets you Mad Cat. Uh, yeah, I just I just think there's enough force yeah. packs floating around with those that 
they I would just would have liked to have seen a different one. And but I am happy to have a second locust, so that's nice. Yeah, um, cool. Yeah, nice deal. Well, I think those. Oh yeah, no, and I think that's one of the like four units you you might need like uh, in building a three fifty list. Um, the fact that it comes with a locust and a dasher and um, a pouncer, you can they have a lot of like uh, kind of like good trooper versions of that. Um, but you can definitely build a three hundred and fifty out of what's what's in that in that box. Yeah. Um, you just, you just have to probably go buy like one, one box of, uh, elementals. I think maybe what yeah. we need to do is, uh, roll, uh, a, uh, Valhalla club podcast, alpha strike box tourney, where we can only use either the inner sphere or the clan forces for our, our list. See what comes out on top. Oh, Man, I, I would have loved got to this stomp one. you all under some green feet. If only Too I bad could. you're not Jade Falcon anymore. Hey, Greenfeet oh, is Sons. Still am. I just have to serve a different leader for a little while. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I really wish they they had done is it comes with a cardboard cheat sheet, but it's really limited, and I wish that they had gone for more of a holistic Alpha Strike quick reference card versus just the quick start rules, because... I mean, I think people are going to uh, surpass the quick start rules rather quickly. Agreed. So I think that I think that would have been nice to have in there. Is an Speaking actual. Of that, I, I need reference. to make a photocopy of the critical hit table because I just always open my book to that page. <laughs> no, yes, yeah, there's well, no reason. Yeah. So this one does have that. This the uh, cardboard cutout does have the determining critical hits on it, but it only has uh, mechs. Not vehicles. So it, yeah. so it doesn't Bummer. have vehicles. It doesn't have VTOLs. So that that's just a. I think a would have been nice to have. Definitely not a not a deal breaker by any means. Uh, the rest of the box set it, is is. Does excellent. it include a little like uh, paper mat like the other boxes do? No, uh, just without hexes. Nope. It just has the uh, the quick start rules, the primer, uh, the that. the cardboard uh, quick start rules reference, the yeah. buildings like and the trees. Mat be sweet okay yeah i mean like adding visual appeal is great to the game you know I, I, also for anybody I think that's, that's part of why x-wing is so big is that you like got pre-painted minis uh i could definitely see the battle tech doing that too but you just i mean it's so much more expensive not. Yeah. i think i think it's easier with uh with x-wing because you only have what four like factions four to decide. and they're yeah. and they're all very specific with battle tech you've got you know Let's take the Mad Cat, for example. The later you go in the eras, everybody has access to it. So having a pre-painted Mad Cat would be... Everybody's going to repaint it anyway, unless you are playing the faction that it was pre-painted for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd either have to like go of like a camo scheme, like a generalist camo, or like have it explicitly for one faction. Mm-hmm. And like that's like a faction starter kit or something, but... I don't know. It's a good on-ramp for people because a lot of people get caught up on painting, you know? Yeah. And painting's one of those things, like, there are people out there that are just not confident in their own abilities, and or they just don't have the time. I will say that painting, it's the easiest time to get into time. it nowadays with the, the quick paints and everything, you know? It's a good time. Yeah. It's a good time to be a gamer. It is a good time to be a gamer. 
But uh, so that's the Alpha Strike box set. Uh, Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up from the Bell Valhalla Club. It's the I would approval. Oh, yep. So stamp. do we have stamp sound? Like a hydraulic press? No, I think David just made a sound that was. That, could you please repeat that sound, David? I have no idea what what sound I made. <laughs> Someone just made a sound that was like. No, you know what we need? We need a beer can opening. Two beer cans. <laughs> Two beer can. Hey, bang! Hook us up, brother. Do your job. Yeah, those sound effects are already in the intro for for the drink of the month. <laughs> okay, so this brings us to uh, LVO preview. Now we've already been talking about LVO a little bit, so uh, we can go around the horn of the folks that are that are uh, attending, and you can feel free to talk about the faction that you're bringing, or if you want to talk about your list, you can. But you probably like me. I want to talk about David's keeping... list. No, I'd like you to will tell not the talk about community at large about David's list. I will shank you. <laughs> that is G14 classified, except for like the seven people that I've already showed it to. <laughs> I, I can talk about, I mean, what I'm taking is uh free worlds league civil war era. It's it's, it'll be, they have access to some of the some of the clan units uh, through the Intersphere General list. Um, so my force will be about half and half. Uh, I think I've got five clan mechs, and then everything else is Intersphere. Um, I've never played Free Worlds League before this particular list, and I generally don't play Civil War era, but decided on it and i'm going with it it's kind of been fun i've kind of gotten to know the the faction a little bit more and um yeah i've, I've really enjoyed it so far i i really don't i'm not putting myself as, as uh top five or anything but I, I i'm gonna enjoy playing it so yeah it's awesome man i mean it's good to mix it up did you like randomly like roll dice to see what faction you're gonna take? You know, usually I you... do. Like, I love making roll lists, <laughs> like on everything that I do. Nice. But this one was just kind of yeah. like popped in out of the blue, and I just said, "Okay, I'll go with it. I'm fine with that." Yeah. So right, for cool, my man. list, I am bringing Ill Clan Wolf. The list originally started out as Sea Fox, and then evolved into Wolf Clan as I started going deeper down the rabbit hole of of uh mul and obviously here on the server i've put up pictures of of some of the aries that i've painted so i am bringing one of them uh definitely you will see uh fear and loathing hit the table at lvo and that is my aries that has the uh, las vegas sign underneath it because you can't go to vegas without having vegas on one of your mechs so if you guys aren't uh, on the man. Discord, come join and, and see the pictures. You'll get a you get an idea of our list, I think. At least David. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, I, I will any admit other I had Battletech had... Discord, because I'm pretty sure it's showing up everywhere right now. David's well, for the, fi- for the 500 point list that uh, that we're going to be playing on, uh, I think, what is it, Saturday and Sunday that we've been all talking Sunday, about? I Sunday, am going Sunday. to. Yeah. I, I am going to bring a list with three Aries in it because I have three of them and I want to put all of them on the table at least once. So I that's going to that be... list like the golden gods, the golden gods moving four inches at a time coming your way. Yep. Pew. Oh no, this one for the 500 point list, it's going to be a C three and it's going to be just a 
big asshole on the table. <laughs> nice. Because the Aphrodite so and the Hephaestus are both... Uh, the Aphrodite is C3M and uh, C3M2, and the Hephaestus is C3S. So, two Hephaestus and one one Aphrodite are going to be rolling around in the five hundred point table. Also known as David doesn't want friends anymore. <laughs> Dave, Dave puts the fu in fun. <laughs> damn right, Urban. Let's hear about it. What's your list? Uh, so, yeah. So mine... He has been converted. No, I haven't been... Well, I haven't been converted completely, but um, it, initially, when I started looking at LVO stuff back in fucking, I don't know, June, July, August, whenever the hell we started this road, you know, I chose, you know, I'm sticking going with Fed Sons because I've been playing SLDF for the last year, year and a half. Um so I chose Fed Sons and I, I probably made about 42 different lists within all the eras. <laughs> First, uh, diverse I mean, right there. Starting with like clan invasion and just going all the way out to O'Clan. And, you know, I kind of just went down this road of, of trying to figure out what I was going to do, what I, what I was going to take. And I ended up just settling on, you know, I'm, I'm going with Fed Sons, O'Clan era, but I, I, I'm bringing a bunch of stuff that I've never really played for played with. And I've just wanted to see it on the table, you know? Um, you know, I'm, it I'm, also didn't help that I got you to, uh, throw in on a, uh, very heavy box of metal. True. True. And I, I've still got, I've, I've got a hundred dollar shipment from Aries sitting in my mailbox waiting for me to come pick it up. So other stuff that I added to my list after our game, and so, um, for the most part, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty standard, you know, combined arms list that's, you know, it's going to have a lot of Fed Sons iconics in it. And that's, that's kind of what I was going for was, was some, some iconic Fed Sons mechs that, you know. So some have, illiterate Cockney speaking. You know, it. I mean, hey man, you know, um, I did settle on a, a, uh, a unit within the fed sons, the, uh, second Chisholm's Raiders. Um, second and they're Chisholm's? actually Chisholm's Raiders, you know, um, they're from Colorado. So what do you, what do you expect? You know? Well, you went <laughs> deeper than I did. I just found a, uh, wolf clan unit that looked kind of <laughs> like what I was painting and went with it. So, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at, you know, right now. I've, like I said, I got about 90% of the painters. I've got some stuff. I've got a, still put together and prime and paint and base and everything. And I, I ran into a snag with, uh, fighting piranha graphics. I ordered some second chisels Raiders decals back in October and they're having some technical difficulties. So uh, I've been going back and forth with Brian a little bit and, uh, he, he had his printer go down. And so I don't know if I'll have my decals in time for, uh, in time for LVO, so it's a little bit disappointing, but um, we'll see what. Do happens. you prefer to put the jism decal on the chest or the the cockpit? Of Usually, the all over the, all over your face. There. Oh my. Oh, okay. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right on the uh, forehead, on the end of the nose, on the chin, especially. Yeah. You know, yeah, the forehead's good. It's just it, like it, prime 
egg in the pavement, you know? Yeah, it all gets in there eventually, you know? And this is is why I never have to change it off of explicit content, guys. I am sorry, Charles. (laughs) It's not Charles's fault. He's got. knew what I was signing up for. (laughs) Yeah, Charles knows us well enough that, uh, yeah, this isn't a surprise. Yeah, yeah. So, Charles, what are you bringing? Um, I am bringing yet another evolution of my dark age uh republic of the sphere list um mostly because i have the most units painted as uh, a hastati unit so <laughs> i had i had choices so i just hey, uh, let me know if you need to borrow an aries <laughs> you know no i don't think so i don't think so <laughs> but uh yeah no i i've i i this dark age republic was the first 350 list I built and painted. And it kind of going back to that, like we're talking about uh, the later eras you can make, it's easier to, for list making. I, I I can turn in that one faction era, I can run a lot of different kind of uh, different concepts. So uh, it'll be a new concept. Uh, yeah, it, it's a new concept, but um the uh the change to uh jump strong changed it a little bit i was gonna lean into that and test that out but then they changed the pv cost and uh for which is good i am one one thousand percent in support of that but um yeah i'm pretty uh, sure you could replace the word test with abuse there when it comes to jump yeah strong. yeah so um so i had to redo my list because i was going to go just tmm4 on everything and see if it if it is as bad as everybody says it is, but um, that sounds wholesome, Charles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, yeah, the the, the jump strong cost change, so I've uh, gone yet another direction. So we'll we'll see. But all right, well, I think that covers everybody that's going. John, you're still a maybe, and Mike is a maybe. So yeah, unless you guys want to hear more about my Jade Falcons, like this one time in Bandcamp. Is that the time they got beat by the Fed Suns? No, that never happened. That's just well, John, a, you're, a recurring you're not nightmare allowed I've to had take. for the past two weeks every night that wakes me up in a cold sweat. I mean, John, we already know what you're going to take if you do go. It's going to be Davian because you have to. <laughs> no, 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 no. LVO you is explicitly excluded LVO. Yeah, from yeah. the Yeah, I, I had to put the, I put, put the kibosh on there in case I lost. Old man had to hedge his beds just in case I curb stomped him too hard. Yeah, you know, and, and I didn't want to really change my list. <laughs> so... So he can still play Jade Falcons at LVO if he, if he shows up. Yeah, so suck it, David. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a rematch if you want. <laughs> not yeah, going to change the outcome, but you I'll deserve. let you feel better. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually roll a 9 and a 10, all right? We'll see. <laughs> all right. Let's see, what do we have next? Uh, oh, wait. Did, Mike, do we need to build your list for you, or are you covered? I mean, if I go, I'll probably super refine my Dark Age Kellhounds list uh, because it was fairly decent, but could have been more refined to a more competitive level. I thought it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, if I go, it'll probably be uh, some, some Dark Age Kellhounds because I've been playing Clan for like the past year and uh, I've got a couple games in now with some... <laughs> Uh, with some inner sphere as 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 the Kellhounds, uh, so if I go, if I go, that's probably what. When it'll you be. go, yeah. When you we'll go, 
Well, if you need some help, I'm sure Charles got a couple of kettle hounds list running around. He can uh, give you some support on. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I definitely have a uh, skill to uh, Fenner's J. If you if you need to borrow one. Ooh. We're just we're just gonna call the Fort Carson staff duty and say some shit and make sure that you have the weekend off. Now, who are the Killhounds again? I, I I don't recognize them. They're not one of the factions, right? Faction. This oh not a God! Faction. Don't don't start this. Don't start this. All right, and uh, so the next topic that we have in here is just a more of a, a thank you to uh, to our sponsor Aries because he has been really really fantastic in supporting both the podcast and our local community. Uh, in fact, he uh, he even reached out over the holidays and uh, sent us some some Christmas gifts, and in return, we sent him a Christmas gift. So uh, that was that was it's been really great working with him, and we can't thank him enough for for the support that he's given us. Thanks, Derek. Now, yeah. one of you one of you has to you know be the uh, the voice man and and do the Aries games and minis. Aries games and miniatures. Charles, I think you did that the best this year. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> cannot. I cannot Give match. the old Halo announcer guy a couple bucks. He can say it for us. Oddball. Aries, miniatures, and game. I can't do it. It's like the third ball syllable messes me up. Bummer. Oh, Aries. No, can't do it. Can't do it. I'm going <laughs> to eat some cookies now. Well, let me see if I can get the, uh, the Solaris announcer voice going. It's been a long time since I've tried. Mike's sitting there smiling like an idiot. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Solaris 7, where we are sponsored by Ares Games and Miniatures. In this grudge match between the Jade Falcons and the Paragons of... Oh, fuck it. (laughs) Good attempt, Uh, David. Good attempt. I'm going to channel my announcer voice one more time here. Let me get some eyeballs out the way. (laughs) Ball. Aries miniatures and games. Aries miniatures and games. You have to say it slower. It's hard. Aries miniatures and games. Derek's gonna listen Almost to there. this and just shake his head. It's like Jesus, guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little overboard on marketing. <laughs> That's the beer. All right. Well, alcohol aside, the uh, looking back at our. And our 2022 uh, in the Colorado community has been a really, you know, amazing explosion of growth, player interest. As a community, we have gro- grown significantly. Uh, I mean, we have had five large events this year. So we had the Remember Rosselhog Tournament. We had the Colorado Premier Open, the Battle for the Sphere 2, uh, Liberation of Black Earth, and the Golden Derby. So all of those were just fantastic events. Uh, the community has been amazing. The player participation has been amazing. And we have really managed to build Battletech here in Colorado. And it's been a great time. Yeah, the Colorado Battletech Facebook group is up to 359 uh, members. The Colorado Springs Battletech group is up to 123. The Discord server for Colorado Battletech is at a grand total of... This one will take a second. 
Oh yeah, let me just go to the newest person that joined. 257 on Discord. Uh, so yeah, and that server started September-ish of last year as just a Colorado Springs Discord server. And was it three to four months into it, we opened it up statewide and it's just exploded ever since. Uh, and yeah, we've got a very active community. Everyone's out there getting some games in, throwing dice. And uh, it's been a lot of fun over the past year for sure. And honestly, we even for this podcast, we, we owe the inspiration to the, the players in Colorado. They, we, we're doing this for you guys and we are... It's just amazing to see where where we started as two separate groups came together last year between the Colorado Springs and the Denver group and then we have just, you know, built a cohesive community between the two parts of the state. Yeah, I was telling my wife uh the other day how many how many downloads we have as a podcast and I was like, "Oh yeah, like, you know, we're up to whatever 100 over the past 30 days." And she was like, "That's really good." Uh, especially because she's like, she knows people that have tried to start one and they'll be months and they'd have like less than 50. And I mean, episode four, which was a lot of fun for all of us here. Yeah. Uh, has been out for 19 days and already has 170 downloads. Uh, yeah, I just want to apologize for everyone who's listened to episode four, uh, collectively and individually. The last 20 minutes were uh, pretty, pretty rough. And uh, we're sorry. It sounded like you guys had a great time. It, it, it was fun in the moment, yeah. I thought it was my best performance yet. <laughs> That's what happens when uh, when when Ben leads a show. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so far, as of right now, uh, we're recording episode five, and we've got a total of 1,656 downloads. Oh, wait, Mike. How many hours have people dedicated to that? <laughs> you can't do that with Charles on here. <laughs> oh, man. That's harsh, man. That's harsh. <laughs> but 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 your uh, your envy is duly noted. So thank you. Yeah, I'm not One good day. at math, so I'm not gonna do that. Uh, okay. But, uh, uh, 386 of those downloads are of the one minute episode zero <laughs> intro <laughs> teaser and probably probably half of those are us listening to it probably right uh episode one's at 257 i will have to say that it you know i wouldn't say that we're generally like an actual reflection of the community out here i won't won't say that because i i've just met so many good people out here uh that you know are are, are fun to play with and it's just pushed us to want to do something like this, right? It's kind of like this. It's yeah, just to get the word out there. Yeah, and the, the people and to are have so fun. great. Yeah, it's it's always fun to play. Like all these events are fun to play. I play almost every week, and it's always always been a great time, win or lose. Um, you know, it's just the people are great, and the the game is great. And so, uh, way to go, Colorado! Absolutely, I love all the people that we've met, and it's been it's been really great. Yeah, we've I mean, got a really diverse one of community the top of ten best. Tech podcast, right? Top ten. We're in the top ten. Aren't there, <laughs> there only ten? There's maybe. There's I don't like, think there are even ten. Like five. five. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna clean it, boys. <laughs> now for next year, All David. Right. Now for next year. So the stuff that's coming up in next year is uh, obviously uh, LVO is the 26th through the 29th of January, and then we have Genghis Khan 
which is the shit. I'm unprepared for this. Where's my calendar? While you're unprepared, was there like some confusion? Like Greg had some events scheduled, and then Dave had some events scheduled. So how many events so are there actually we... now in Genghis Khan? Two. So we were at three. Uh, Greg had a conflict on, I want to say the Saturday. Yeah. So he is not able to run his battle royale. So we're trying to find someone to run it for him. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Uh, the did Braden step up to do it? I think Braden was trying to get him in yeah. contact with the organizers to see if he could still run it or whatever. Okay, cool. Uh, but it's going to be the weekend of the 25th and 26th of February. Uh, we are going to be having an Alpha Strike tournament, Wolfnet 350 rules, uh, just the casual level of rules. So it's not going to be a premier level where you have to have the exact mini that's in your list. You can proxy. Uh that will be on the 25th, and then on the 26th, uh, Greg, I believe, is still running his uh, Crested Butte. Uh, oh, no, no, excuse me, not Crested Butte. That is the raid. Resort. Yes, it is a ski resort. Uh, the raid on Butte Hold on the 26th. So I believe that one is only raid four on slots. <laughs> Jesus. Um. <laughs> uh, we have 24 slots for the Alpha Strike tournament and four slots for the uh, for the campaign in a day. So, uh, to to get into either of those events, you have to ha- you have to buy the the convention badge, and then the events are free. But you still have to go in and actually register for the events. So, uh, if you are planning to attend, once you have your badge purchased, you can register for the events, and then we will see you that that Saturday or Sunday. That's going to be that's where? Going to be in Denver, right? Yeah. Uh, that's going to be in Denver. I'll be honest; I don't remember where where the hotel is. I can look it up real fast. It's the Hyatt and Aurora. Is it the Hyatt and Aurora? So the Hyatt and Aurora. Uh, and then after Genghis Khan, we have a Alpha Strike event in uh, Pueblo. Uh, we don't have a date set for that one yet, but it will be between April and June. And then we're doing our best to start setting up the rest of the calendar year. So uh, keep your eyes on the Discord. And as we uh, get tournament organizers to uh, come up with ideas and locations, we'll uh, we'll start setting up the rest of the events for the calendar year. Uh, we also do here at the podcast. We have uh, another run of dice that are that are going to show up around February. So we'll have those available, hopefully in time for Genghis Khan. And then uh, depending on if we get rid of all of our stickers, we'll order some more stickers too. And while we're talking about dice, uh, I don't know about my other co-hosts, but if you're willing to pay the iron price for your dice and beat me in a game, I'll let you uh, trial possession of me for one pair of dice. If you run into me over at Hobbytown Westminster or call me out on the discord uh and are willing to you know throw down well, that also some... that also brings us to a good point of we will have some dice with us at lvo uh so oh, yeah uh dice and stickers so i think we're don't going to them. be don't yeah don't eat them i think we're going to be in a position where we will either be giving them away or playing people and giving them out as if you if you play us you get a pair of the dice or a sticker. Uh, we haven't quite figured 
that part out yet because we're a little limited on what we have on hand. So we will see what's going on. Sounds like a fun time. I always like going to tournaments, exchanging swag. I got yes. like uh, my old X-Wing stuff is covered in podcast stickers. <laughs> All right. So that wraps up the uh, main metal for the podcast. And next we'll uh, go into our faction and lore section. And that's changing a little bit. So Ben, take it away. So yeah, uh, as some of you listeners know, our our faction lore kind of segment of the show is the last few episodes has kind of been all over the map. Um, I think I had the idea a couple days ago that uh, to try something new, uh, and we don't. There's not currently a podcast covering this section, so uh, I thought it'd be kind of fun for us to kind of kind of claim it as our own for now um not that anybody else well, someone can do does it, it better but, than us yeah that's right do it better than us that's fine go for it um but i think for this section of the program uh going forward into the new year starting with episode six we're going to cover do a deep dive on an individual unit in the battletech universe um and that'll range from anywhere from mercenaries House units, even even you know, Pelons and Draconis Combine, fine, we'll do them too. Um, <clears throat> clans, John will cover all his clan stuff. Mike will cover all his clan stuff. You know, um, but we're just going to cover one unit per episode um, to kind of just do a deep dive on those types of units, and we'll have guests on to talk about their favorite units and 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 schedule that out. But um, for this episode, I thought it'd be kind of fun for all of us to kind of just briefly talk about a particular unit that you enjoy in the universe. You know, whether it be a house unit, a pirate band, a mercenary unit, what have you. Um, so I'll start it off with uh, the the unit I picked to talk about was uh, the unit I'm taking to LVO with me, which is the uh, second Chisholm's Raiders. Um, they're kind of a, they're a Fed Sons house unit. They've been a Fed Sons house unit for, you know, a couple hundred years now, since like the 2900s, I believe. Let me pull up the book so I don't get this wrong. Um, and I, I really just, what drew me to them was their start in the Fed Sons uh, armed forces which they were a militia group. They were a militia run by a retired AFFS general, and they weren't getting the love they thought they should be getting from the Fed Sons, and they challenged the line regiments of the Fed Sons to come and fight them. And um, they ended up taking on, let's see, who was it? Um... They ended up taking on one of the line units. I forget who it was. Um, they ended up drinking tea together. They, and they had they a good did. chat. But, and they said, they, good day, they, fellow. You can be a military unit now. They basically started, uh, you know, they, they challenged the armed forces uh, of the Federated Sons to a, to a training exercise. And if they won, they got to be part of the regular armed forces. And uh, they won. So uh, I've always liked the Second Chisholm's Raiders just because they're they're an irregular unit. Um, they use unconventional warfare. Um, they, they are kind of a jack of all trades. And um, 
you really don't hear a lot about them just because really nobody knows who the hell they are. Um, but uh, what, what, else, what else I found interesting about them is they were based off of the planet Colorado in the uh, Fed Suns Outback, I believe. Let me go figure this out. But um, The Valhalla that's, Club that's, podcast, accurate, 62.5% of the time. This of the is time, my idea. I haven't done my homework, and I'm not sober. <laughs> Man, I've been, I've been, I've been list building in the in the Lost Tech era right now. <laughs> um, so it's it's, uh, it's one of the units that I I've always enjoyed and kind of I've been fascinated with for probably a good ten or fifteen years. Um, a lot of my Mech Warrior characters kind of became part of them, that kind of stuff. So. Um, Who's up? Who who wants to go next? Are you sure I'll the jism it. don't come from the planet Scroat? Because I'm pretty sure they come from the planet Scroat. Christ. <laughs> no, no. Only your unit does. Oh, that's right. My bad. <laughs> All right. So I I just picked a... Uh, I went through the field manual mercenaries and randomly selected a page and came upon the Wilson's Hussars, the most okayest... Uh, mercenary unit in the inner sphere. They were commonly referred to as Wilson's Wimps because they are terrible. And they are a unit that uh, was formed in well, shit, I guess. Uh-huh. Everybody talk shit now. Here <laughs> two. We are just terrible. Round two. Here we go. Uh, they are they're referred to as, like I said, Wilson's Wimps because they have extremely poor f- performance. And uh, in fact, to the point of when they called down a dropship extraction, it crashed on them and buried half of their units. Uh, eventually, they uh, got kicked out to the periphery, did a little pirating. And then in 3056, uh, they went to outreach and started trying to pick fights with Wolf's Dragoons. And, uh, yeah, Jamie Wolf basically just told him to bugger off. And, uh, that's about the most okayest mercenary units to the point of their, their mercenary insignia has a okay sign on it. And so yeah, that's, uh, that's Wilson's Hussars. If you're looking for the okayest mercenary unit, there you go. Jank master himself chose the jankiest unit. <laughs> Honestly, I just ran. Literally, I did. I just randomly went to a page in the uh, in the field manual and just looked like ten pages up, ten pages down, and uh, just before you get to Wolf's Dragoons is Wilson's Hussars. <laughs> so I mean, they sound cool. Hussar is cool. Cool word. They have a Wolf's Dragoons rating of a D minus. <laughs> hey, you know D. It's all about the D, but David, right? Someone has to lose sometime, and it's always them. Yep. <laughs> it's always Wilson's Hussars. And half the time it's their own dropship. Yeah. What do you got, John? As far as their Oh, go ahead. Say again? Go for it. Oh, is it my turn? All right. It's your turn. I chose a legendary clan oh. <laughs> I chose a uh, a legendary clan Jade Falcon unit, uh the Falcon Guards, who ended up being led by Aiden Prime Pride himself at um Oh shoot. Uh oh, it's my turn. Three for three. Right. Uh, I've come to rescue you. What's the one? Two, 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 two kid. Two kid. Two kid. I'm not going to say it. Two kid. Yeah, anyways. 
Turkey Day. I chose uh, <laughs> I chose. <laughs> God damn, dude! Talking all this shit, and then he can't even get words yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got that Hussar Hussar failure to perform infection. But uh, no, I ended up. Uh, my favorite unit is a uh, legendary clan <laughs> clan Jade Falcon uh, Falcon Guards, uh, led by Aiden Pride himself. And then later reconstituted before the Falcons invaded Terra. And they had a pretty pivotal role in the battle there. Um, By being target practice for Wolf? No, they stomped the old guard regiment into the earth. Republic of the Sphere. Yeah. Stomped them. As uh, as Ben would say, read a book. No. Yeah, there's... They were screeching, making bird noises, and just letting loose with pulse lasers into whatever Intersphere people pilot. I don't know. Jalopies. But uh, they kind of uh, enshrine all that it is to be Jade Falcon, you know? Bold, courageous, daring, uh, ugly. Crazy. Ugly of character. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Can't, I love them. Well, they're no Malvina Hazen. That's right. We can only really aspire to that level of uh, psychotic. Yeah. Dedication. Dedication. Yeah. We all. Can I mean, only that is true. That is true. Dedication to your cause. Yeah. Matt. Uh, oh yeah. Sorry, I was going to kick it over to Matt. Uh-huh. Um I have. I'm I'm interested to learn more about mercenary units, and one of the few that I have known, I guess, was one of the original mercenary units from the game and the fiction, um, is the 21st Centauri Lancers. So um, I've always been oh, yeah. impressed with these guys, and I guess they have a real good reputation for just being kind of honorable and well-organized, which I appreciate with many, many less well-organized units in, in the Battletech lore. Uh, I guess these guys uh, were, I, I came to find out actually researching, is that they used to be a Capellan uh, unit. And then they they said, no way, no more, we're getting out of here. Hijacked a couple um, dropships and jump ships and took off, and they've been on the, the mercenary route ever since. So they've, they've pretty much worked for every other action in the inner sphere. Uh, and they've always had a really good reputation of like fulfilling their commitments and being well organized while doing it. So uh, another thing I really like about them is that uh, they kind of have a real big beef with the word of Blake and the crazy Blakus. So uh, they kind of got thrown into this whole deal where people thought they they kind of like didn't uh, fulfill their commitments, and it led to to the word of Blake kind of taking over where it was actually word of Blake kind of co-opted their um their call signs and stuff and actually acted as them kind of covertly so anyways they had kind of they kind of uh the word of like went after them and destroyed quite a large portion of the the lancers and then they kind of come back a little bit and they're still still present even down to the ill clan era but um uh they've just always really impressed me as a well really well dedicated unit they use a lot of well they, they actually found one of these like old sldf caches of units especially some mechs um back in the day but they they also have developed some of their own technology that's that's now used throughout the inner sphere in the ill clan era and now they actually in the ill clan era they work for the tamar pact so that's kind of interesting 
Uh, they use a lot of grasshoppers, which I really like because it's a big jumpy, especially in classic, kind of kind of a, a big jumpy tanky thing. Um, but yeah, they they have you know they're definitely um, kind of combined arms and and they even have aerospace and stuff like that. So really interesting to me. Sounds like they're really well organized, and so that always attracted me to them. And, and they have kind of a they use a lot of blue in their paint schemes, which I I really like blues. Um, so yeah, twenty first Centauri Lancers. We'll see when we get a force pack for them. And Mike. All right, so I've been in back back in the universe for about a year and a half now. And ever since then, I've been deep diving into a lot of the books. Uh, but that's still only what maybe fifteen books or so uh, over the last year, year and a half. Um, one of the more recent books, however, good old Hour of the Wolf. Um, the one of the units. For one, it was just hilariously written uh, by by Blaine, but um, the uh, the second wolf assault cluster, or also known as the Howling Furies, uh, which is commanded by Star Colonel Kaladesa Kaladesa Kerensky. Um, they were one of the just absolute workhorse units um, throughout that book. Um, Kant like. I've, I've been in units in the past where like when, when you're in the field for like a, a month long field exercise and it's just nonstop and your unit just keeps being called the second, you know, uh, a mission ends just that and the other and you're constantly going and like you get no sleep, no food, but you keep going and keep kicking ass. Uh, that's kind of, kind of what these guys were doing throughout that book. Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun to read, uh, that, that tank crew was the best part of it. Uh, but, as a whole, the the second wolf assault cluster did did a lot of work throughout the uh, invasion of Terra. Um, so that's that's who I picked for now because uh, out of the hundred plus books, uh, novels throughout throughout the universe, uh, that's that's one I've really enjoyed so far. Even if, though it was just snippets throughout the novel, but um, so yeah, the Howling Furies, aka that's yeah the second wolf assault cluster. Do you own a carnivore? I don't, but I, w- I need one. Shame. Shame. Look, man, I'm getting there, okay? Like, let's, I got to work through what I got. I just got a new, <laughs> another airspace fighter, um, some more tanks. Um, I need more tanks, you know? But, uh, yeah, no, that uh, carnivore crew was on Fratricide was the name of the tank, and that, I think that was beautifully named. Unfortunately, it looks Charles like we here? lost Charles. He had to run off for an emergency. He was like, I can't, I can't deal with this. Yeah. Or it's just the fact that it's the holidays and Shoot. it's just part of the holidays. We miss you already, Charles. Ears happens, man. So that brings us to, or Ben, do you want to close this out? Uh, yeah, I can. Um, <clears throat> a lot of interesting <laughs> units there uh, for those of you guys that uh, are listening, if you've got a favorite unit, throw it up in the uh, Ask the Podcasters area of the uh, Discord or in general or one of the channels. And, uh, you know, we'll uh, be, I'm sure we'll be covering it on a future episode. And we will try and do actual research before we start. Right, right, right. <laughs> a better. The holidays are still unlikely. <laughs> And that brings us to the Battletech Drink of the Month. Take it away, Ben. 
Hey all, this is Ben here, your Battletech Master of Spirits. Get your mixers, liquors, shakers, stirs, and strainers ready as we cover this month's Battletech Drink of the Month. Alright, the uh, the Drink of the Month this month is, uh tried to go a little holiday cheer for the uh, December-January episode. Um... So this one is called the Steiner Assault Recon Lance. So if you are so bold as to uh, want to throw down a Steiner Assault Recon Lance on the table, um, it starts with a three-quarters of an ounce of Jägermeister, three-quarters of an ounce of Baron Jaeger, three-quarters of an ounce of Rumpelmans, and three-quarters of an ounce Sambuca. Layer it in order in a shot glass and go shoot those pesky dracks with it. That also sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, how come we can't have a drink that sounds good? It it actually wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. The, the I think the the licorice of the Jägermeister and the the little kind of the honey ting you get on the Baron Jaeger and the and the peppermint from the Rubbermans. The Sambuca I could have done without. Yeah, the Sambuca just sounds like it would ruin it. Hey, you know it's it's the four the four horsemen of the apocalypse for the for the Steiners. You know you got your your three different types of German liquors and, and Atlas, your, Banshee, Zeus, your Zeus, and your uh, Hoffman. I guess is the fourth. What the hell is the Sam, Sambuca? The Charger. <laughs> what what is Sambuca? It's an it's, Italian liquor. It's a gastrique. Oh, it's an after you you drink it to cleanse your palate. It's not good. <laughs> it's it's interesting. It's interesting. I think if you take those four away and just add bourbon, four, thirty three quarters of an ounce of bourbon, it'd make it a lot better. <laughs> bartender, bartender Ben, solution to everything: add bourbon. Add bourbon. And take everything else away. <laughs> so enjoy. All right, so everybody, thanks for thanks for joining us. This uh, we'll go through our shout outs, and uh, I'll start us off. Uh, my shout out, honestly, is to the to the Colorado BattleTech community because you guys have been great. You have been uh, our inspiration to hosting these events. You have been fantastic for uh, coming out to all the events, for helping us plan and execute the events. And just for generally being a really awesome community. So my shout out is just a big thank you and a happy holidays to everyone in the Colorado Battletech community. Uh, you guys are awesome. So thank you very much. Looking forward to everything we do in 2023. All right, John. Uh, my shout out is to Justin up at Hobtown Westminster. Uh, he's done a lot to support the growing community there, including printing and painting terrain, setting aside uh, a bin for Battletech terrain only, and just being super helpful, accommodating, and friendly face at the store. Um, so just really appreciate your help in growing the community, and you're doing a great job. So thank you. Matt? Yeah, a couple of shout-outs from me. First of all, Derek at Aries. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot for everything. He shipped out a whole bunch of... Uh, I, had, I had quite a little... 
complication of an order because I had like, oh, maybe like 40 or 50 little micro fighters that I wanted, little micro aerospace fighters that I wanted. He sent them right out. So anyways, uh, a good shout out to him. Also, shout out to... Um, to Delaney, Lauren, and Josh M, uh, who we I forgot to mention that we had an aerospace event where we test out some some aerospace rules, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, we did that uh, last Saturday, I guess. That was a lot of fun at Delaney's place. Um, I'll also shout out the the folks at MRC that are running this Twilight Heat event, uh, especially Lord Carbon or the Carbonator, as I refer to him, as well as Pirate, who kind of streams a lot of the the Mega Mech fights. They've got kind of a, a really cool service there, and maybe we will be able to replicate or join them here soon here in Colorado. It's a if you guys ever have any time and want to want to play matches against people on Mega Mech, uh, I, I highly recommend it. It's been a lot of fun, and you meet a lot of a lot of cool people. So, uh, and, and to uh, to just sum it up, you know, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good fight. Oh yeah, well, that was nice, <laughs> Mike. Uh, so for me, I'm just gonna go a broad scope here uh, since you guys covered the local community and all that other stuff. Um, I'm going to give my shout out to uh, catalyst as a whole for uh, I mean, just this entire resurgence is awesome. It's a lot of fun. I somehow miraculously caught the Kickstarter when it reopened for, for all that goodness. I was just searching around Facebook one day, uh, found it, uh, looked at the wife said, please, um, <laughs> and, uh, and then went in with a, uh, a star captain pledge and I hit the ground running my man. Uh, <clears throat> so, but, uh, so thanks, thanks for catalyst for, you know, putting out all these amazing new products and just taking this resurgence and running with it. Um, to, to the point there's the next Kickstarter coming out in March at Adepticon, um, as well as, as a lore nerd, um, all of the artists, uh, artists, I mean, they are artists, right? Um, and writers that keep putting out all this beautiful stories to read. Um, cause at, I think at the end, like the games are great and all, but the, the, the stories are as, as I, I just love the stories. Um, yeah, Dave, read a book <laughs> more than just listening to them. Uh, but yeah, no. Thanks to Catalyst and all the, all the, all the writers. That's my shout out. Ben. Yeah, I got uh, two. Uh, I'm gonna echo a little bit of what Mike said, uh, but go a little bit bigger than he did, and say, uh, you know, the uh, the writers are one part of it, uh, as as I know well. Um, but uh, it's also the editors, the line developers, the assistant line developers, all those guys that are really putting in the hours to uh, give us a really good product. Um, to uh, enjoy as a hobby. Um, my second one is to the uh, the other content creators that are out there. You know, the other podcasters, the other guys that are doing YouTube videos. I mean, I think you are also the ones that are out there doing your own free time. You know, putting out a product that uh, people can enjoy and and really keep the community going uh, in the right direction. So thank you for all you guys do out there. 
All right. Well, that pretty much closes us up for this episode. Uh, the only thing that I really have to to add is that in we are looking at uh, March and February of having some guests with us. In uh, February, we're hoping to have uh, Trend Sparks. He is the narrator of BattleTech audiobooks uh, that are out there on the various audiobook resources like Audible. And then in March, we're hoping to have a conversation with uh, Anthony Scroggins, one of the uh, artists for Battletech. But that's what we're looking at for uh, episodes down the road. Uh, We are going to try and, uh, depending on our travel arrangements, do something on the road to LVO or at LVO. So uh, we're looking forward to uh, putting something out while we're out there having fun. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And everyone, please have a safe and fun and happy holidays and thank you for being thank you for listening to us we really appreciate it and have a wonderful christmas merry christmas everybody happy new year unless you're a capellan or a blakist and for you listeners out there if there's anything you want us to deep dive or focus on for an episode feel free to shoot us an email and uh yeah Thanks for joining us today in the Valhalla Club. Special thanks to our sponsor, Ares Games and Miniatures. Ares is the premier online retailer for all your Battletech needs. You can contact us at thevalhallaclub@outlook.com. If you are in Colorado, please join your local community group on Facebook and Discord. If you are able to help support your local Colorado Battletech community, subscribe on Patreon to Colorado Battletech. This Patreon account is used to supply prize support for local events and assist in venue costs. Links for the Valhalla Club Discord, the Colorado Battletech Patreon, and Facebook group are in the show notes. Until next time, mech fans. Mm-hmm.